Welcome to the Tribute to Happiness at Work, at Home, in Life podcast. What is happiness? Where do you find happiness? How do you feel happiness? Do you control your own happiness or is somebody else controlling your happiness? Are you living a meaningful and worthwhile life where you experience joy, contentment and positive well-being? Do you feel happiness at work, at home and in life? In this Tribute to Happiness podcast, you will discover what happiness means to people all over the world and how they implement happiness in their life. Here is your host, Hjeden Svenperson, and with him you'll explore these and other interesting topics. Hello and good morning. This is Iceland's Chief Happiness Officer calling. We want all to be happy, also at work. We spend a considerable amount of our time at work, and our happiness at work can have a major impact on the rest of our lives. Shouldn't happiness at work be high on organizations' agendas? Can a chief happiness officer help employers and employees transform toxic stress and absenteeism into well-being and happiness at work? Let's talk to a seasoned professional when it comes to company training. Eurovision. Hello, this is Gridega calling. No, this is Hjerden calling. Hello, Grid. You hey, are hey. you you are probably answering the phone. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But Do I'm I'm doing my best in English. I'm not a native speaker, so. No, me neither. So this this call will be like. Do you think that we will like? make a lot of mistakes because none of us talk English Probably. as a, okay, this will be fun. So, yes, but if we understand each other, that's the main thing, I guess. Yes. So how is life in Belgium? Life in Belgium is uh, pretty good for the moment because we've had a rough year last year. I think it's the same for almost everybody in the world. And we're very happy with the new year. We have this perspective of new ideas, new projects and well, maybe uh, a time where we can leave Corona behind us. So we're positive and optimistic. Well, that's lovely to hear. So a little background check. Your name is Greg yes. Decca. So that has nothing to do with the f- record company. Well, from the uh, golden days. No. Of, no. So no, it has nothing to do with records. It has nothing to do with coffee because uh, decaf in 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 my dialect in Dutch we always say. A deca, if we want to have a decaf uh, coffee, but I don't have anything to do with that. It's just my last name, and I always say it's not my um, star name, it's my official name. I'm living in Belgium, and uh, I work with my colleague Kim, who you also met in the podcast, um, and we are hosting our triangle uh, business with a team of 25 people working on well being at work with companies and happiness at work. So, Tell me, how like what are your background like your education? Do you have an, a like a higher degree? And what was it that like got you into the well-being, happiness uh, at work like yeah. state? Because it is 
even though that it has been around from like from the po- like the positive psychology started and and Alexander Kerr he started his business in uh, 2000 and yep. one like sometimes I can't remember <laughs> so like I think 2005 or something yes yeah, thank or you 2003 yeah yeah in the old days so tell me a little bit why like your background in uh, business and and why you decided that this was important for you well Helen my story is um, a bit of a strange story because um, when I was younger so when the animals were still talking also back in the old days Mm -hmm. I decided to study languages um, which is quite regular here in Belgium because we are a very small country but we have three official languages I am a Dutch native speaking and I decided to study Romance languages. So I went to university to, sc- to study French and Spanish. And I launched my career as being a language trainer. Um, I worked for a big company here in Belgium um, that was a governmental company who's helping people to find a new job. And that was a part-time job for me. And for the rest, I was working in companies to, to teach French, mainly some Spanish. And what I noticed, that is that, well, when people try to learn a new language, of course, they have to know the words and the grammar. But at the end of the day, it's all about self-confidence because I met a lot of people saying, okay, so now I know some French, but I'm scared to speak it. And what happened is that I started working on self-confidence, which grew enormously during my trainings. But then they went outside the classroom, you could say, and something happened. Um, Very often, people came back the next training session disappointed, and they were like, well, Griet, you know, I thought I was managing a little bit of French, and here in the classroom it's okay, but outside it's not working. And so I was totally amazed by, okay, what's happening here? Because I'm working hard, those people are working hard, and apparently it's not paying off. And I discovered that stress was undoing all my work. So I, I started focusing on the mechanism of stress. Um, and that's why in 2014, I decided to have an extra education. Um, and I went to become a stress and burnout coach. I really wanted to know, to understand this mechanism of stress. So I went back to school. Um, I learned a lot of things on stress, um, on mental health. And I decided, well, maybe that's a new job opportunity for me because you reach the point where, well, I had taught so much French that I it wasn't new anymore for me. And I lost a little bit of appetite, you could say. Yeah. So I started working as a stress and burnout coach. But the biggest problem that I uh, qu- quite quickly discovered was that Companies and people only reach out to a stress and burnout coach when things are really bad. When people are suffering, they have a burnout, for instance. Stress is really making their lives difficult. So at that point, I I was curious to understand, isn't there a real approach of prevention? And in Belgium, at that point, 2015, let's say, there was nothing really positive uh, that I could find. But in Holland, I discovered that there was this this flow, this movement of happiness at work. And so uh, with my colleague Kim, I decided to go to Holland to study on happiness at work. 
And there we met our beautiful, awesome colleagues, Maartje and Fernande uh, of Happy Office. And they gave us a first training and then they said, ladies, if you want to know more, um, why not go to Denmark, Alexander Kierov? There you can learn everything you want to know on happiness at work. Become a certified chief happiness officer. Well, and the rest is history, of course. Yeah. One thing that you have been saying is intriguing. intriguing that is stress and burnout coach. Yep. What department is that in the un- was it in university or like is it the psychology no. d- department or was it no. just like uh, training for a like a life coach or uh, is it similar to that or It's it's similar to life coaching but so it's a professional training that you can um, you can follow well um, in 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 official organizations here in Belgium um, and life coaching is a is a bigger approach you could say typical for a stress and burnout coach is that we only look at stress and burnout mechanisms. So when people um, are suffering from toxic stress, um, are well nearby burnout, or um, they are suffering from burnout, or they have been at home for quite some time because of stress, because of burnout, and they want to restart their work, then companies um, reach out, people reach out to a stress and burnout coach to get some help. I find it interesting that uh, when you say that your experience in teaching and you, I know that you are focusing on like in the partnership, in the woohoo partnership, wasn't it? That's right to say like woohoo. And that you are focusing on the uh, academy, like on getting people in and and training them and and stuff. So uh, like if we take happiness at work, happiness at home and happiness in life because you mentioned like the uh, the word was co not stress but the other thing like uh, that people be, uh, the people believe in self like like they are of confidence confidence yeah. yes thank you there was yes. like my brain just like went away and the word was not there it was something co no like co-op yeah thank you co <laughs> confidence so how how do you how do you when you <clears throat> for example meet people like it's four days and you yeah. start talking about happiness at work and how it like what it's about and it's not about like being happy being skipping around uh, jumping all around with a smile on your face but it's just like it's just the inner like it's working from inside out like find your yeah. own niche so how how can you put this in an action like from your side of like because i can i can sense that you are more a teacher than like you you that is your like niche your your teaching skills definitely so definitely. Ha- and i'm 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 teaching all of the time sometimes in a very formal setting um, with triangle we do trainings and coachings of course we're teaching people know oh i'm joining an online classroom for instance there's going to be a trainer and the trainer is going to teach of course but we do work from a very um um interactive approach because teaching being one person that's going to explain and that's it that's not the kind of teacher that i am that that triangle is we really love just by connecting um well to inspire people and 
that's the formal teaching you could say that I do. But for me, my um, way of living is when you meet people, you only have one option and that's to learn from each other. So like for instance, um, in the beginning of this week, um, I had to go to hospital for a small medical intervention and I was really scared. I um, had a lot of stress because I was like, oh damn, I'm, I'm scared of needles. I'm scared of hospitals. I don't, I don't want to feel pain, stuff like that. And so when I entered the hospital, my heart was beating really, really fast. And um, when I sat down, because um, the nurse invited me to my room, I, I sat down and I said to myself, okay, Griet, now you have the option. Or you're going to focus on your stress level and it's going to be hell for the next couple of hours. Or you can say, okay, how can I go through this in the most positive way? What do I need now to feel better? So I decided, but I, I had to wait for a little time. I decided to do some exercises on meditation, on breathing techniques. And the moment I had to go to the doctor, um, so to the, the place where they do the, the, the small operation, I entered the room and I said, okay, guys, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm scared. And what I need now is, well, a little bit of distraction. So I don't know if I can talk a little bit. And one of the nurses who was there said, oh, yeah, okay, what do you want to talk about? And, well, we started just by small talk. And I said, yeah, well, you know, um, I'm a chief happiness officer. Oh, what's a chief happiness officer? I want to know all about it. So I just, I, I started to explain. And then, um, yeah, and I also work as a stress and burnout coach. What does a stress and burnout coach do? And before I knew it, I heard the doctor say, okay, this was it. I can't say that I didn't feel anything, but I didn't feel a lot of pain. And when I went, when I returned to my room, the nurse uh, who was with me, she said, you know, you did a great job because I learned a lot. I had a lot of fun. And I was like, oh, I increased your happiness at work. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I have the impression, she said, that you were helping yourself too. And that's what it's all about. How can I help myself? How can I help others? From that perspective, for me, life is all about teaching and learning. And if we can learn, I think that's the, the biggest gift, the biggest present we can give to ourselves and to people around us. Yeah, but how, like, th th that is one technique, because, okay, people now listening, they can do this when they enter the hospital, or a situation where they are, like, where they're scared, they are scared out of their minds, and, and yeah. that you just uh, try to focus on another thing, and then all of a sudden it's just over. So, but how, yeah. because <clears throat> when businesses who has been, like, they have been there for ages and you go inside and you see you see that one troll okay he has probably been there or she has been probably been there for 40 years and i have been doing things like this for uh, ages and you just like <coughs> computer says no so like how how is it when you have been presenting this work of happiness at work like do you get the skeptics on board or are they like still reluctant to say, oh, this is just a mumbo jumbo and this is just a holistic some whatever, whatever. So, uh, so how, how do you think? I meet all. Sorry. Yeah. 
I, I meet all sorts of people, of course. Um, and I, I, I meet the, the skeptical ones. And I always say, hey, I'm not here to convince you. I can only lead by example. And I've chosen to be happy. And one day is not another day. I also have difficult moments in life, of course. Uh, the example that I uh, gave earlier, when I'm stressed, when I'm scared, when Corona uh, uh, hit our company um, back in March uh, 2020, damn, that was a, a hard time because all of a sudden we, we, we had the impression to, to go out of business. Of course, that's not a happy part. But even then, it's a matter for me of choosing your focus. And people who are convinced um, that happiness at work uh, or, or that happiness in general even is, is a positive choice, well, I don't have to explain anything anymore because you can feel it immediately. But those who say, what kind of rubbish is this? Happiness is, is so fluffy. Okay, let, let's talk business. Like, for instance, um, earlier this morning, before our call, I had a, a talk to a company, small company here in Belgium, 35 people working there. Um, they are celebrating their 15th anniversary this year. And I had the, the, the manager who's one of the founders, she reached out to me saying, hey, we have a problem because we have one team that's always negative. Everything's bad, everything's wrong. People are complaining all the time. And we see that newbies, uh, so new colleagues who join our force are positive and enthusiastic uh, at the beginning, but they are really quickly infected. So yeah, can we do something about it? And the first thing that I said was, yes, of course you can. Um, well, who are the, the negative people and why are they so negative? Yeah, they did a lot of consultancy already. and. They had it all figured out, but now it was a matter of, well, resolving the problem. Okay, so what's the solution that you see? And this lady answered me, there's one solution that we don't see. We don't want to fire anybody because that's a big cost to our company. And I, I uh, responded to her, I reacted, okay, I totally understand, but have you ever stopped to think about how much it costs to your company to not fire and to allow the unhappiness at work to grow bigger and bigger and to infect everybody. And what I got as an answer was this silence saying everything. And afterwards, I didn't say anything anymore at that point. And afterwards, after a moment of silence, I, I sensed that she understood and she said, okay, maybe we really should get together to see how you can help us because we want to get out of here. Yeah, of course. And we can do a lot of things, but if we start blocking opportunities by saying, that's not an option, that's a no-go, we had it another way in mind, yeah, then we're not helping ourselves. So for me, it's a matter of opening up and, well, talking opportunities without forcing, without pushing, because that's not helping anybody. Yeah, so so they, they, like, they had defined the problem, like they had found out what the problem was and who was the problem or like where the problem problem lay. Yep. Sometimes it's not like, it's not, I, I think as in companies, like you don't mean to, it's just like when you open the door at the company and you walk in and you just like, you get negative because there is something in the air. Like, yep. and we can start singing, there's something in the air. No, uh, that is a totally different episode. Um, but like, and then they, 
they do the do it the traditional way, the old way, because they are so focused on okay, yes, it's right. You don't necessarily fire people because that is the way, because yep. then they are thinking then in the right term that it costs money to train the newbies. But yep. on, on the other hand, like what does it? It's just like as the money drawer is just open and the money flows out like either way. Yeah, so and and how how so like to to finish off that discussion? How did it go? So did you manage to like help them in a, in a sense that they saw the light? Well, um, the conversation went on in a in a rather creative way where she started asking questions that yeah. were not available at the start of the conversation. So we'll have to see how it goes now because we're going to continue talking to each other. Yo, but she okay, said, so, well, you, yeah. so it's, you a, really it's a new company. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she yeah. she got some ideas. So she, she like, yeah. you could twist her to see the problem from another angle. Yeah. So that, that's try a different angle. That's why our company is it's called, called Triangle. Tri yes. So and and, and how how is it like when you talk about uh, return of investment and people start talking about the money thing and stuff like, but is it how, like sickness, sick days, and when you point out that uh, happy people they are less sick, that's a known yeah. fact. So yeah. and. Of course, stress worries. You are a stress and burnout coach, so you can like literally tell them how how things are. So when you get that, like the faces of the leaders, when you mm -hmm. are okay in a normal situation, or not not COVID situation, but like when you yeah. tell people face to face, like have you thought about this consequence? If you if you don't do this, or like no, you don't you don't tell them to do it. You 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 are you pointed out that they can't do yeah. this and that. How can you see on their faces that they like get it? Like they just so like their eyebrows just hmm. and all of a sudden there comes like you can literally see that the lamp goes on and you just like bling. So can, so can you like when you are presenting this fact to to people, how how is it that they like respond to you yeah well i tend to ask a lot of questions i think that my main role and that's also maybe from my teaching perspective i don't know but my main role is not to to engage myself in a thinking process but to activate the thinking process from the person that i'm talking to yeah and so that's why my function my role is to ask questions and what you often see is those who say, I don't believe in this stuff. Even if you ask an open question, you get just a very short answer because they don't feel like talking about it. But once you start asking those questions that trigger something in their thinking process, then you tend to notice that you get more information and the answers are starting to get longer. The facial expressions are starting to be get more well nice and friendly let's say mm -hmm. and that's a very positive thing but for me i never um step into this process with a certain goal or a certain intention of course my company is a commercial company we have to make money in order to pay our our co-workers mm -hmm. but i'm never starting a conversation with the idea you have to change your mind 
What I do want to do always is inspire, not to work with triangle per se, if that's the, the, the solution, perfect, but reconsider your reality. Just look at things before you in a, from a different perspective and see what's happening. That's my main focus. And I see that, well, in, in, in the conversations that I have, and I have a lot of them because I do uh, the main talking part at Triangle, I do see that people tend to open up after a couple of moments, let's say. And it also depends on which words you choose, of course, because if you're talking to the, the financial director, yes, you have to choose another vocabulary than when you're talking to HR, for mm. instance. But but when you like, like that is how I, maybe I, I I my question was not quite that like my English was not uh, that good, <laughs> but now I mean like when you t meet these people like I don't believe in that and then after you talk and you open up and you yeah. ask open questions and stuff and then they see like you can see on their faces and there is something oh yes I never thought about that. But yeah, when when you meet those people who say in the beginning, when you meet them, I don't believe in that. Like, when you said that, I thought, what is there to believe? Like, mm -hmm. wh why is it that, that happiness, is it something you have to believe in? Or isn't it just, like, the opposite thing is that you feel miserable. Mm -hmm. miserable at work is that what we want or like mm -hmm. so do you believe in i don't believe in that stuff so it's the question oh do you believe in miserable at work like do you see what I, like when yeah. when then when you have gone through the process of teaching talking uh presenting showing them like the way into the light <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this episode of the past gods is going to be a bit longer than we expected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, yes. But uh, okay, we will try to continue. Uh, like w when you s like after this process, like how mm -hmm. do they come? The people who have said in the beginning, I don't believe in this. Like where they are very like, this is not how we do business. In like we do we we just like use the whip and people just work. Yeah. And when they come after a process, they said, Yeah, do you know what? Hmm. This is good. Yeah. So how? how well, so how like how how do you feel like or how how is it that like you are in this sense in this scenario? Well, to be honest, I don't care about how I feel when I'm into inspiring. It's all about how they feel, and of course, I meet those people who say, "Wow, that that's that's." totally foolish what you're saying there. When I, uh, I, I I wear the title of chief happiness officer with pride, of course, I get a lot of reactions on LinkedIn. Um, when I meet people, when I see my business card, like, is that a real job? Um, for me, it is. Maybe not for you. My parents don't understand how <laughs> the hell do you have money at the end of the month to buy bread? 
because who is going to pay for happiness? So it's it's a fluffy concept. And I had the chance in 2018 uh, to write a book on it, From Prosperity to Happiness at Work. And what we see there is that, well, it's it's been quite an evolution. If you look at the approach of working, of doing a job, it, it, it returns to the, the origin of species in a Catholic sense, you could say, where, well, Eve had to do something that wasn't completely right. And to um, pay off her, her debts, you could say, well, they had to go, well, they, they had to do stuff. So from that point of view, working has always been paying off what you owe to society, the planet, somebody, doesn't matter how or what. If I look at my parents, for instance, happiness at work, um, that's not an issue. We are building a home at a certain point. So that costs a lot of money. So we work because we have to pay our bills, full stop. And we've seen this approach of, well, building or creating prosperity thanks to your working skills. And then we reach the point where society, governments, the law said, okay, maybe we shouldn't become ill anymore because of, of work. So that's already a good thing. And when we reach that level, that was well-being at work, you could say, now we see this approach of, but maybe we should be happy at work because, well, for instance, the generation of my parents, they are both in their early 70s now. They really struggled during their active career. Um, they had a job that they didn't love, but it did pay the bills. And the rest was, was not important because enjoying life, being happy, that was for the moment they retired. That was really their state of mind. And my dad, he retired when he was uh, 52 years old. I'm turning 42 in a couple of months. I can't imagine that I'll, I'll stop working in 10 years. But I can imagine that when I'm 52, that I'm still vital and I have a lot of energy to, to enjoy life. So it's not important from that perspective to add happiness at work when you're working or add happiness when you're working because happiness is for later on. But that's a perspective that's not really valid anymore nowadays because we see a lot of people who are, well, retiring when they are 65. Here in Belgium, it's 67. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to turn 70 or 75 in a couple of years before we can hit the, the legal age of retirement. And how vital, how how healthy are we at that point? Question mark, of course. So that's a, a change, a state of mind that's really changed a lot. And you see those younger generations who've, who've really figured it out because very often they've been, well, educated and, and they had to grow up without parents who were all, always working, working, working. So they want to do things differently. So in general, I meet a lot of young people who totally get it and who say, yeah, happiness, it's not rocket science, but it's it's the starting point for everything. Yeah. And then we see these not so young generations who are still stuck in the, 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 the state of mind of the old days, let's say, who tend to believe that happiness is not important at work. And that's okay. I'm not going to push, I'm not going to try to convince because that's a waste of my energy. And what I mainly say, like for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I had this uh, keynote I was going to present and um, the company asked, okay, Griet, uh, we're going to introduce you. So how can we introduce you? And I said, yeah, I'm chief happiness officer. 
And they were like, oh, no, we're, we're not going to use that word. That's a, such a ridiculous title. And I said, yeah, that's okay. You can present me as whatever you want because it's not about me. I know that I'm happy. And it didn't come in, 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 in a spontaneous way. I had to work for it because I had to realize some stuff. If you're not there yet, that's okay. Maybe I can help you with other stuff, and that's fine too. Yeah. I'm just thinking if they, if you had the answer had been, my name is Greet and I am chief miserable officer. <laughs> Good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that next yeah. time. If it turns out badly headed, I'm go- I, I'll know where to find yeah. you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now I'm like, ooh. I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> like, okay, that, then how, what is greed? At, like happiness at home. How how does how does it relate to a happiness? Like the combination. If you are happy at work uh, or like happy at home, I know people say that you don't necessarily have to be happy at work because if you're happy at home, then your life is good and stuff. So, what is it that you focus on? Like, what do you think about happiness at home and happiness in life in general? Like, what what is it that that gets greet out of bed every morning? And I know you have dogs and like what because I can I can sense that uh, triangle and the the work with happiness at work is making you like Definitely. enjoy life. Yeah. But yeah. Wha- like you have to treat yourself. You have to do something for yourself so you can treat yeah. or talk to others. So, so like, what is the main focus from treat the dog lady? The yeah. dog lady. Well, like f- for me, um, the one does not exist without the other. If I'm unhappy at work, and to be honest, I've been there. I've been in a golden cage at a certain point in my career where I, 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 I got a, a, a fantastic salary. I had everything I wanted, but I wasn't feeling good. So it was a very difficult decision to say, okay, I'm going to drop this. I'm going to do something else. Um, if you don't feel happy at work, it's going to be way more difficult to be happy at home and vice versa. Yeah. We also see from a stress and burnout perspective that if it goes difficult on one level, that's okay. But if you have end struggles at home and difficulties at work, well, you have way more risk of becoming ill because of toxic stress. So for me, that's, well, that's a fact. Um, I've seen too many people and too much studies to not believe it, let's say. So I know that what I need uh, on a regular basis is just some time off, forgetting about everyone and everything in the world, which is a very easy thing to do for me when I'm, for instance, with my dog, I do uh, dog agility. That's a, a dog sport that I really love. And I can't think of anything else because I need to focus on my dog and, and the job that we have to do. Yeah. But I have to admit, like in 2020, when things were really difficult on a professional uh, uh, point, because we had to work hard to make it through that year, and we did, but it did cost me a lot of energy because the first thing you do when you start feeling stressed you're cutting down on your downtime. You're cutting down on the um, energy that you need to, to reload. And so I noticed in 2020, I did a little bit of dog agility, but not so much, not every week, at least two times. And I feel immediately the reaction in my body, my energy that starts falling down. So. I know, I know my small stress signals, let's say. I know that I have to do a lot of dog work. It's the word work again. 
but I enjoy it so much that it's, um, yeah, I think I have to do something more with dogs in my life, to yeah. be honest. But, but the main thing is that you don't forget me time because when we were yeah. just discussing that you you should you uh, we wanted to do this uh, episode or you wanted to be i wanted you to be my guest and we had to find time and then you said i am going with my family to a summer house or whatever house yeah and i will not take my computer with me i will be off yes. the grid and i'm just going to do whatever it takes like read a book walk like that, me time don't yeah, forget definitely. me time because yeah we only like we are okay it's a cliche but we are only have one life live it yeah. live yeah. it and don't live it online because well every um b- between christmas and and new year um with my partner i always go to a, a cabin in the woods here in belgium in the, the belgian ardennes and there's no wi-fi there's a very bad connection um, just to make a phone call already. There's, there's well, only, well, just the, the trees, the people that are with you, and the dogs, of course. And for the rest, it's all just a matter of, okay, enjoy the fact of being. We are human beings, but if we are not paying attention, we are transforming really quickly into human doings. And we have the idea that we need to do stuff all the time. And especially online nowadays, we have to be connected and we have to reach out and we have to show our, our activity on uh. social media, stuff like that. That's not real life. Real life is about the senses, about the smell, the sound, the, the things you see around you, what you feel. And that's something you're never going to find on the screen. So meet time in real life. We need more of that. So that, that is happiness in life in just... Definitely. Sums it up. So this has been a fantastic chat with the laughter, of course, which will not be edited because sometimes you just can't help it. But now, now we are co- we have are at the part where you are like you started to sweat and you started to fear. I have a challenge. Mm-hmm. I have a challenge, and you know what the challenge is. Mm-hmm. I need you to t- say one Icelandic word. I will probably uh-huh. laugh afterwards, but that is not because of like that's only for me because I'm, I'm an uh, like I'm funny person. <laughs> <laughs> I still love your sense of humor, but maybe that will change in a minute, Hedden. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, can you say the word Patricksfjörður for me? Patricksfjörður. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how I love this part of the show. Well, great. Thank you very, very much for you, your, you like your time and your like great sense of humor and your insights. It has been fantastic, and I hope that like 2021 will be great for you guys at Triangle because like ha- happiness at work sounds much better than miserable at work. So maybe we should take Definitely, that. Definitely, but just just one one last question though, Hedden, because I would like to sleep uh, uh, this night. What did I just say now in Icelandic? It is uh, a town in the uh, west coast, on the west coast of Iceland. So it's nothing. And you're inviting me to it. Awesome. Okay, <laughs> just tell me where I went. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> well, I walked right into that. <laughs> 
But thank you very much, Greet, and thank you for your humor and your You're laughter. Welcome. And like, I hope you guys will just bl- uh, like be bigger and better, and we in the partnership will like do something awesome this year. So thank you very much. This has been the Tribute to Happiness podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. You'll find us on social media.